What's poppin' people? It's your boy Cass here once again with the Say Less Podcast. I want to thank you so much for subscribing, whether it's on iTunes, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, it don't matter. I'm just glad that you got this. But if you don't know where to find me, type in that Google search, Say Less with Cass, and I will pop right up. Pop right the hell up. And obviously, if you want to watch this in all its glory, go to my YouTube page. That's YouTube.com slash Kazim. You can watch all of the quarantined uh, social distance interviews uh, that you can. And please support that page because soon enough, I'll be going live with Say Less Live right on that page right there. So if you subscribe right now, you'll be first in to know when I'm going live and when you can watch some of these Great live podcasts and live shows. That's all on you. Today is a very, 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 very fun, special episode because it's not a whole lot of times you got a legend on the show. It's not a whole lot of times that you get a Hall of Famer on your show, but that's who we got on today's episode of Say Less. The legendary five-time, six-time world champion, two-time Hall of Famer, the legendary one of the greatest pro wrestlers of all time, Booker T, is on Say Less with Cassidy. We talk about so many things. We talk about the state of black wrestling. We talk about Triple H and WrestleMania 19. We talk about the reality of wrestling. We talk about Wale Mania. We talk about his roast. We talk about uh, his history in WCW, his history before wrestling, outside of wrestling, teaching wrestling, the people that come up under him. So many great things to talk about with the one and only legendary Booker T. And I don't want to take too much time from this amazing conversation. So please get your pens and pads out, people. Lots of gems being thrown out uh, from this legend. And uh, shout out to Houston all day, every day. You can catch him every Tuesday night on WWE Backstage on FS1. And you can catch him on Hall of Fame on 98.7 in Houston, Texas on radio. But obviously, let me not talk too much because this is a really great interview. And I don't usually say that about interviews, but this is a really good one. I really liked it. But let's get to it. Emilio, please, if you may do the honors and hit the motherfucking music. Hey, what's going on, brother? Hey, man, I'm feeling good, man. I'm feeling good. Just got, trying to try not to go stare crazy. So been putting my putting myself to work like five hours a day. I start at noon and I'm, I finish up at five. I'm doing yard work. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm in there you know, pruning the trees. I'm, I'm working around the pool, boy. You know what I mean? So, I mean, we're on the same boat right now, man. I'm just like, you know what? I'm either recording something or I'm building something or cleaning the house. Like, I can't. Yeah, I yeah. can't. But you, you look good, bro. You always look good. But you look hey, especially man. good. You look good. Hey, man, I, I feel good, man. Like I said, I'm working, man. I probably saved about 1500 bucks yesterday. I stained my deck upstairs, downstairs. So uh, I, I'm working out every day as well. And it's giving me a, a little bit more time to actually hit the gym and stay in there. I just finished actually about an hour or so ago. Um, but um, I'm, I'm loving life right now. I'm actually finna get ready to start doing some online, you know, tutoring as far as my wrestling go too. So because my wrestling school has been shut down. So I've been antsy, just wanting to do something. So um, yeah, man, I'm just trying to stay busy. That's crazy. Now, now I know you got the promotion uh, ROW, Reality of Wrestling down in Houston. And uh, you said the schools kind of shut down. So how's that going to work out as far as like doing the digital teaching from your home and how, how is that going to be you doing like a zoom conference or a Skype? Yeah, yeah. I'm doing like four people at a time, four, four young people at a time. It's like 20 bucks. And, um, you know, and I'll critique a match and we'll go over it from top to bottom as mm-hmm. far as, you know, what you support, you know, supposed to do, you know, or what nots to do. Um, the, the small little bitty things, 
you know, just like in, in, in radio, just right. like in, in music, you know, a lot of times it's the small hook that get people the next thing, you know, they bounce and the next thing, you know, the song is a hit, you know what I mean? So it's the same thing with wrestling. You got to know how to find, you know, the hit in order to make a hit. Absolutely. And Booker, you're, you're one of the true artists of not just professional wrestling, but just, you know, whether it's media, whether it's talking, whether it's acting, like you've done so many things throughout your career so well. And, you know, even now to even still be relevant in 2020 and, and bringing on like the next generation of professional wrestlers. That's not an easy thing to do, man. I mean, you just said the um, the, the optimal word um, out, of, out of everything you said. The one word you said was relevant. Um, you know, you know, in life, you know, you, you might be, the you know, the top dog at one point in life. Uh, just like Michael Jordan. He was the top dog at yeah. one point in life. But right now it, it's all about LeBron James, uh, you know, so you got to know you got to know how to stay relevant in this lifetime just like magic johnson uh reinvented himself became a businessman so for me um when i was wrestling i was thinking about retirement at 30 um, wow. I, was thinking, I was thinking about how was i going to get out of this and still be walking upright and be able to parlay this into what's next because you know i i dropped out of school um in the 11th grade uh, i went to prison mm-hmm. um um when i was a young man um and and then i had to figure but but i wasn't a stupid guy i wasn't dumb or anything like that I just had to figure it out and I had to know um, what I did and what I did well and, and, and concentrate on that. And I think that's what young people need to really think about in life. Find what you do well and it will carry you through this lifetime if you if, if it can, you know, somebody want it. You know? All right. So you mentioned it already. You said you were thinking about retirement at age 30. So just scramble my brains a little bit what what was Booker T doing at that age like what what promotion is he in what what's the storyline like put me in Booker T at age 30 and what was going on in his mind when he was like you know what, I got to start thinking about life after this you know before that day I, I probably uh, I didn't think about it um, but I, like I said I was 30 years old I was in WCW um, I was at an event called um, um, the Great American Bash mm-hmm. um, and it was like what a lot of the old time I was used to come back and um, they would, uh, you know, perform. And, and when I was coming up in Houston, Texas, um, my favorite, one of my favorite, uh, he was, he, he was, a, you know, he was one of the guys that went out there and performed at a very high level, um, Chief Wahoo McDaniels. And, uh, man, I used to love, he played for the Kansas City Chiefs back mm-hmm. in the day as well. And uh, I got a chance to sat next to, uh, I sat next to uh, uh, Wahoo McDaniel and he was going to be wrestling that night and he, he had trouble putting his boots on. Mm-hmm. And um and I was like, God man, you know what I mean? I, and he was my he was one of my heroes. And I and I was like, wow, you know, uh, I need to start thinking about what's next. Right. Um, because, you know, Wahoo, he was like in his fifties at that time and he could barely put on his boots. I'm fifty five right now. Like I said, I just finished an hour and a half workout <laughs> hanging upside. You look down. like you can still go right now. I feel like the next call comes like hey, yo. Gotta get hey. to the performance center. <laughs> Preparation is the only luck you ever gonna have in life. That's right. You know what I mean? So um, I'm always prepared. I'm always ready for that that phone call. You know, if the bat signal happened to go up, <laughs> I have to be <laughs> I gotta be ready to go, you know what I'm saying? But uh, no, um, I, at 30 years old, I was like, man, I gotta think about how am I gonna, um, you know, make it after professional wrestling because I, 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 kn- I knew from a very, very young man, um, nothing lasts forever. Um, I lost my father when I was 10 months old. I lost mm-hmm. my mother when I was 13 years old. Um, so that right there taught me. 
that nothing lasts forever. Um, so I, I knew that I, I had a window in professional wrestling to to make my mark. And then, like I say, parlay that success uh, to what's next. And for me, broadcasting is something I always wanted to be a part of, uh, but but I didn't have that college education. I didn't have that degree in journalism or anything like that. So I had to figure out how I was going to get there. And, you know, I, I used to actually um, – the guys would be wrestling in the ring and uh, we would be sitting in front of the monitor in the back, me and the wrestlers. And I would do commentary <laughs> for, for the boys in the back. Uh, and uh, I would make everybody laugh. We would be having so much fun overseas tours, everything. They couldn't wait for Booker T to do commentary in front of the monitor, you know. But uh, I was just playing. I was just playing around. And then one day I got a phone call. Hey, Book, how would you like to be a commentator <laughs> uh, from, from Michael Cole? And I was like, man, what are you talking about? I've never done that before. He's like, just give it a try, you know. So yeah. I tried it out, but but I realized when I first started doing commentary, that it was something just like professional wrestling that I had to really, really study. I had to train. I had to do my homework. And and and, and it was really, really difficult. And um, I lost that spot on SmackDown, and then they put me on the kickoff show. But I started learning, learning more and more and more. And then I got my job, uh, you know, doing radio. And then I really started learning a whole lot, but I was taking baby steps. I really wanted to learn what it was like to be able to go out and keep the audience attention by knowing how to tell a great story and knowing how to set it up and, and knock it out of the park, uh, right. knowing how to throw a joke or two here in, in, in there at the same time, because if people aren't entertained, they're not going to stay with you. So uh, for me, um, I started learning more and more and I, and I, I give Michael Cole, um, WWE, a whole lot of credit because he put me on the announcing team when he didn't have to do that. And right. it definitely opened up so many more doors, doors for me. Like now, you know, co-hosting on WWE backstage, uh, you know, with my girl Renee Young. So and I was like, I said, man, I want my own TV show one day. And boom, next thing you know, I'm on Fox <laughs> and, I, and like, you know, the co-host, you know. So, you know, it's, it's about being prepared. Uh, it's about trying to stay relevant and knowing, um, you know, what you do well. You know, I, I always tell people this, like, I always say Booker T kind of reminds me of, like, he's like the Shannon Sharp of pro wrestling, right? Where, like, he got the TV show, he's got, like, the, the, the pedigree of being one of the best ever in the ring, so he knows what he's talking about, and he's funny, too. But when it comes to commentary, I remember the first time I, I heard you on commentary was on Impact when you were in the in the main event <laughs> and you were commentating while you were like beating somebody up and it, it just took me back to, like this whole like you know it's one of those things where you know probably when it was happening a lot of people didn't really like appreciate it but yeah. I started the conversation on Twitter I was like yo Lois the Keys the main event mafia you go back and look at everybody in that in that stable and how fun that was and like oh, how man. many like incredible yeah. Yeah. Storyline, you know, like say what you want about Impact, but like the fact that they had all those guys at one time, like the greatest ever. Definitely. Tell me a little about the main event mafia, man. I don't think that's brought up enough. It could have been great, man. It could have yeah. been one of the greatest factions ever um, aligned. Um, all of all of us guys, man, we're all champions. We're all we're all main event players. 
Um, Charmelle, we threw her in there too, you know, just to add, make <laughs> sure put that spotlight <laughs> on everything. But, uh, it was so cool, man. And, um, I was, I was having so much fun. Even when I did the commentary, uh, me and uh, Kevin Nash, he was Chet Lemon that night. And I was, I was a character called Black Snow. I give big love uh, to Black Snow, you know, wherever he's at. He's a poet here in, the, <laughs> in the city of Houston. And, uh, my, my wife and I, we got a chance to go and watch him do, uh, do, 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 do some of his spoken word one night at this hotel downtown. And uh, he, he fascinated me, man. I was like, wow, this guy's really, really awesome. And then I got a chance to actually bring Black Snow to, to light, you know, <laughs> on television and, and, you know, have some fun with it at the same time. So many people talk about that stuff um, that we did. Um, I, I remember uh, – me and Scott Steiner talking about eeny, meeny, miny, mo. You know, it just it was just <laughs> stupid. You know what I mean? It's like this is the way we do it in my hood. You know, it's eeny, meeny, miny, mo. You know, <laughs> I know about eeny, meeny. It's like it just was so much fun, man. Uh, that two years that I had in TNA, I really went there wanted to make a difference. Mm-hmm. Uh, when because I left WWE um, just because I needed a break. And um, I, I had no plans to go to TNA or anything like that. But uh, when they called it and offered me a deal, it was a, it was a, it was a nice, sweet deal. Uh, it wasn't like you know breaking the bank or anything like that. Right. But I, I only had to work like sixty days out of the year, and I was like, wow, you know. And then the only place I had to go really was to Disney and mm. take. So I was like, man, I could do that. That's like a vacation every two weeks, you know. What <laughs> I mean? So, so uh, but it was a lot of young guys there, like AJ Styles, you know, guys like. Um, Robert Rude, guys like Samoa Joe, um, that I wanted to be able to have a hand on. And, and I think I, I think I do have somewhat of a hand on, on those guys. I have somewhat of a, a, a thumbprint on right. each and every one of those guys, um, that I work with in that company, um, because I was there to teach them. I was there to actually, you know, pay it forward and give back, uh, to the next generation. And, um, but when I got there, they didn't, I don't think they had that in mind. Their direction was totally off. And I didn't, I'm one of those guys to where if, um, you know, it, it's your thing. If you want to mess it up, fine. Just send me the check. You know what <laughs> I mean? And long, and long as my stuff is good, I'm okay with that. But yeah. at the end of the two years, um, I just felt like, man, you know, I, I just thought it was time for me to leave TNA because I could see the shift getting ready to happen. And, um, I think I left just in time, um, before the, you know, the rug got totally pulled out from under it. And, um, uh, I had no intentions of coming back to WWE either. Um, and then boom, now I'm sitting at home again and they call me and say, Hey, book, you know, how would you like to, you know, uh, do tough enough? And I was like, I, I'm not doing anything, you know what I mean? And um, that led to me um, coming back to the company and boom, um, almost 10 years later, I'm still there. Still there, man. It, yeah. It's crazy how much time flies. And, and you mentioned it a, a little bit earlier about, you know, just being able to put the thumbprint on so many uh, talents that we watch today. Like even if you're not performing every day or every Monday or every uh, Friday, you're still, there's still so many talents that you've had a big hand in, in getting in the door, whether it's the Usos, whether it's Ember Moon, whether it's a lot of people, you know, people that you worked with in Impact. Um, as far as being a performer and a teacher, was there, and, and even tough enough, you know what I mean? Like being there for being a judge, like how much of a difference is it, you know, being more of that that mental uh, teacher to a lot of these professional athletes? Because 
it's one thing to be, you know, have the physical tools, but like what made you really stand out was the mentality that you had for a lot of talent and, and for storylines and the mind that you have for professional wrestling. So what more does, do you get more of a kick out of like teaching or do you still get that itch to get in the ring and bump around? <laughs> man, no, I have no itch, man. To keep <laughs> I learned that. I learned that when I was really, really young though. Um, uh, literally like when I was probably 15, 16 years old, 17, man, I was really, really good, man. I was a really good dancer, man. I mean, I, I used to like, you know, just break it off at all the, you know, spots around town, talent right. show and whatnot. And, uh, <clears throat> Nobody could beat me. I, I mean, I felt like I was really that good. I, I knew, I knew how talented I was, um, on the dance floor. But when I got around 20, um, 20, you know, 21 years old, uh, maybe 20, 21, those 14, 15, 16 year old kids, they was kicking my ass. <laughs> I, so I wouldn't, I was living off my reputation. I would never dance against those young kids because I would be looking at them and my eyes would be like, the hell is this? <laughs> what is he doing? He's floating. He's levitating. What, what's going on here? You know what I mean? So uh, in wrestling, uh, same thing. Uh, when I got into it um, at 25 years old, uh, I knew how good I was. Uh, I, I, even though I had no uh, background in wrestling or anything, um, I think my dad's background um, helped me out. I think me being a huge movie buff um, helped me out. And, um, and, and watching some of the best wrestlers, I, I knew who was the good wrestlers and uh, who was the guys who wasn't that good. I, yeah. I, and sometimes you might think this guy's good, but he really isn't. So I knew exactly what to watch. Um, uh, as a young kid, um, even when I was a, a kid coming up, literally, I'm talking about, um, I've never believed in Santa Claus. I've never believed in the Easter Bunny or anything like that. I always knew what wrestling was. Right. You know, as a kid right. watching it, but I always man, you're I always, one of those people that were that were shocked and you found out. Oh my God, this is these two guys true. riding down the road together. No, right. I, no, 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 I wasn't shocked at all because I always knew what wrestling was, but I was I loved it, and um, I said, man, I, I remember seeing this guy on television, um, and I was sitting on my sofa before I ever got into wrestling, and I go, man, I know I could do this better than him. You know, and, and, and I met that guy one day. He heard me tell that story because I told him. He was like, "Man, I heard you tell that story." Uh, but but I but I knew I, I, it was like uh, I tell people all all the time when I got into re- professional wrestling, it was like deja vu. It was like it seemed like I had been there before. It seemed mm-hmm. like I seemed like I had done it before. Um, it was just getting the opportunity, um, and that's that's the thing. You know what I mean? You gotta you gotta get the opportunity, and when you get that opportunity, you gotta take it. You gotta run with it. Um, you gotta embrace it. Uh, nothing can hold you back when you get that that knock at the door, especially when you're in a certain point in your life. Because I knew for me, this could have been the only knock um, to this magnitude um, that have, would have come to me in this lifetime, if, and I had to take it. So. Um, for me, um, like I say, when I got in the ring, it was it was something that I love. But uh, for as far as teaching, man, um, man, I, I love it. I love knowing how good I was, but be, being able to spot some young kid and say, "Man, you're good, man," but you could be so much better if you know. And then if they take if they say, "Well, what is that if?" Boom, I'm gonna embrace them and say. Hey, let's talk about it. Let's let's work on it. Um, let's get you there. Let's take you over the top. And I don't want no money from my man, anything like that. I got one kid down at my school right now. His name is Rex Andrews. And mm-hmm. uh, he's like a prodigy. He moved from Dothan, Alabama to be here at 18 years old. 
he's, you know, um, like 24, 25 years old now. And he's been with me ever since, you know, those days. And he, he he's so good. I got him a tryout with WWE and he, he, he didn't want to go do that. You know, he just say, I just want to be here. Um, I, I want to, you know, I, I want to make sure I got something in case WWE don't work out for me. And he got him a, a gym. He got a, a, you know, a partner. He's got his own spot. And now if he want to do wrestling, he could do it and know he got something to fall back on. See, that's what I want to teach more than anything. If you got, if you got a scholarship over here waiting on you, young man, you better go get that scholarship. Um, um, Reality of wrestling will be here when you get back. Right. Uh, so, so we 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 teach young men how to be young men first and foremost. Wrestling is a tool for me to actually be able to get across to young people. But if they're good enough, you know what I mean, to make it to the next level, we're gonna do exactly what we need to do to get them to the next level. Everybody don't have that 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 you know that tool. Now, now uh, it's very special when you're talking about people having that tool and people that you teach and the, the story you talk about Rex is great. But, you know, you had the opportunity to really uh, form the Usos and, and train those guys at a very young age. And these are guys that, you know, came from a, a strong wrestling family and their father was somebody you worked with a lot. And, you know, what was that conversation like with between the Usos uh, father and yourself, Rikishi, if, if people don't know, um, when it was time to like, okay, like I trust you, book to like get these guys ready for the next level, like, and, and now seeing what they've been up to now, as far as being one of the greatest tag teams of of, of our time, yeah, um, how does how, how does that make you feel? I mean, it makes me feel great. Uh, at that time, uh, Umaga uh, lived here in Houston. God rest his soul. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, Kishi, he trusts me. Kishi know what I've been trying to build here in the city. Um, it's, it's, all, it's been all about young guys. And and, and those guys, I, I, try to, I try not to take any credit uh, for the Usos or anything like that. Um, just because, you know, just because um, right. they put in all the work. Um, Amber Moon or any of them, I try not to take their credit from them or anything like that. Um, but for Keish to actually trust me to actually give these guys the, the right advice as far as talking about the small little bitty things to, to make it to the next level. And they have uh, made it to if Jimmy can stay out of trouble. <laughs> <laughs> He's doing all right now. He's doing all right. <laughs> but, but, uh, but, uh, I, I, I'm proud of that. I'm, I'm proud to actually, uh, being able to have a small part and um, giving these guys the small little bitty things. And, you know, for me, for the Usos, uh, only thing I told them before they left the school is uh, they were there for maybe a good year, maybe a little mm-hmm. bit more. And I was like, guys, it's time for y'all to get out of here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I say, but the one thing I need you guys to do for me is wear a pair of boots. All right. <laughs> Put some shoes on your feet. Bring the Usos. Bring the uh the Samoan heritage into twenty twenty. Exactly. Um, uh, uh, barefoot savages and exactly, in exactly. And yeah. they totally uh, uh totally embraced uh, coming out to, to, to even still uh, keeping their heritage at the same time. Absolutely. And, and when you talk about history and heritage, and just me being a fan of you know yours and somebody I've watched, you know my entire wrestling fandom you've met so much to not just wrestlers but especially like black wrestling fans and black wrestlers in general i mean like you've kicked open so many doors and you know set so many standards and and broken so many rest, uh, records as far as just wrestling is concerned and to do it as a black man in a, in a in the industry that historically hasn't ever been like you know 
let's just say it has been the best. You know what I'm saying? But, <laughs> you know, with yourself, man, like you've broke down so many barriers and kicked through so many doors. And now you look at, you turn on WWE, you turn on AEW, you turn on any of these promotions. There's so many talented black performers, so many talented and, and charismatic black performers, more than I've probably ever seen in my entire lifetime. How does that make you feel being one of like the godfathers of, of black wrestlers and, you know, having so many people look up to you with everything that you've accomplished in your career? You know what? I'm, I'm kind of perplexed, man, on it, on it, actually. You know what I mean? Right. Because um, I do see a lot of um, black talent in the business today. Um, but but I really felt like, um, I really felt like, you know, when I was coming up, I didn't just do it for myself, you know, and I, I did it for every young African-American um, white person, Mexican as well, um, right. female um, at the same time. Um, and, I, and I felt like I tried to put a blueprint out there at the same time, um, a blueprint to what it takes to make it to the main event of professional wrestling, what it takes to make it to the main event at, at WrestleMania, what it takes to be a, you know, a champion in, in the business. I tried to put, I tried to set that blueprint right there. And and when I do watch a lot of, you know, African-American talent that have come behind me, I don't, I don't see a lot of the same traits mm. as far as, you know, that the blueprint uh, as far as, God told me, a uh, guy by the name of Tiger Conway, he said, man, you got to be a champion in the ring as well as out of the ring all the time, whether you've got a championship belt or not, because the belt has never really meant anything to me. The title means a, a whole lot. The, right. the belt doesn't mean a whole lot. The title means more because it means I'm representing the company. Uh, they mean that they, they, they feel like I'm the guy that they want to put in that position to um, be the guy. Um, so the title means a whole lot. Um, the belt is, is to me, it was a prop, you know what I mean? That goes along with it. Right. Uh, and for me, uh, uh, that, that, that means, you know, the way I walk, the way I dress, the way I talk, um, the way I present myself, the way I respect myself, uh, all of those go hand in hand. All of those go one in one, and and and, and the blueprint is 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 why I got what I got in my thirty years in this business, and the respect that I get um, in this business. Um, I respected myself before anybody else. Right. I expect before I expected anyone else to ex- respect me. I, I respected myself, and if they didn't respect it, I demanded my respect just because of the way I carried myself. Um, that's why I talk to young people about knowing how to change your levels. Um, you gotta, you know, if you, you go into, you know, be, uh, you know, a speaking engagement at some college, you can't go there, you know, with your pants hanging around your ass when, you know what I mean? With a, you know, a, a wife beater on, you gotta be able to go in there and check because people are looking at you and they, they, if you want them to respect you in a certain way. Um, you got to carry yourself in a certain way. Um, now if I'm in the hood hanging out with my boys, I might have my saggy pants on and my, right. and my wife beater. So we got to know how to change our levels in order to make it to the next level. It's now, now when, when, when people say that they're, they, they might counter with, well, you know, there's people that have come before me that have broke down those doors that made it easier for them to be like, okay, like, ex- Embrace me in, in any form, not just wearing a suit, not just wearing, you know, a do-rag, whatever, like embrace me in any form because, you know, 
you're not going to expect the same level of, you know, professionalism. And not just saying, you know, it just matters what you wear, but you don't, there's so much more expectation for people that look like us because not a lot of us get into those doors. Not a lot of us get into those levels. So you're trying to keep that. You got to you got to know how to, you got to get in. The, you got to know how to get in those doors. Uh, you know, I even go, I go back to Tupac, you know what I mean? When Tupac said, you know, you know, I can't get in cause I'm dressed like a thug. You know what I mean? He wasn't, right. he wasn't going to go to the club too, but he couldn't get in cause he's dressed like a thug. They tell him no, you can't come in. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? It, it's not anything against him personally um and we got to understand that as black folks um when when we just like say for instance for me uh, and i've seen it for many many years um i would we would go to just say for instance go to england okay a mm-hmm. uh, bunch of the wrestlers uh want to go out to the party in in, in, the, in the party the club is a white club okay much right. more, more white people there than black people okay right. but we would go to the club and literally that we would show up at the front door, the whole crew, and no one would get in the club but me, <laughs> because I was the only. Because I mean, I, no, I remember when I when I was working there, like you always, you was always in the suit, like because I didn't look, I didn't, I, 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 I didn't, I didn't, you know, I didn't, I didn't look like the wrestlers. I, I looked like you know, you know, some businessman showing up at the club, and I would be the only person dressed in a suit. And it wasn't that I was trying to be better than everybody, but I knew I had to change my levels according to what environment I was in. Uh, if I'm trying to, if I'm trying to make some moves, I gotta. It's like, it's like being a, a, a detective or a spy. Uh, you right. undercover. You gotta know how to, you gotta know how to be like a chameleon sometimes. You know what I mean? So, uh, it's just like I say, uh, you know, if I had a flat top and a fade, you and I probably wouldn't be having this conversation. Right. <laughs> That's a true fact, man. Uh, so, yo, I mean, I, one thing that I've really embraced and one thing I've really loved in the past couple of years, especially with your work in the WWE and your work just in any uh, with ESPN and Fox and all that type of stuff, is that you've really started to get your flowers lately, right? Like you went back to the Hall of Fame as a part of Harlem Heat, you were a guest of honor at Wale Mania. Um, and now the the roast of Booker T is, is coming up very soon. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. usually they, 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 they it's going to be on the reality of wrestling YouTube. So you guys check it out when you guys, guys get a chance to. Tell me about this roast, man, because I know you, you got to have thick skin to have one. And, you, you know, know <laughs> people are going to come to your neck. <laughs> no, nah, man, it's crazy, man. Uh, everybody that roasted me, they couldn't roast me. You know, they could, they could really, they could really uh, beat me up. Uh, everybody that roasted me, uh, they had nothing but good stuff to say. They had a few jokes and whatnot, but uh, I remember Shelton Benjamin, he, uh, some of the stuff that he said was, it just, it's crazy. He was like, man, uh, he put me over so big as far right. as, you know, breaking the mode, as far as setting the standards so high for, you know, all the rest of the brothers that's coming up behind, behind me was, you know, they really had to work. And I, and I, and I, and I appreciate them for saying that because I, I did that on purpose. Uh, like I say, showing the guys the blueprint of what it takes to go out and work in the main event and, and, and be a main event player is, it's awesome. But in every one of those guys, man, uh, from Taker on down, um, they they put me over, man. They put me over big, um, and that's what I mean by having my having respect. Uh, respect, man, is everything. Um, you go you go up that road, and you go down that same road that you go up. And trust me, it, it, it may not be as smooth on your way down uh, if you didn't, you know, 
break every, you know, you know, a little bump every in the road on the way up. So right. you gotta, you gotta know how to, I mean, life is short, man. I'm 55 years old. I was 25 years old, you know, seemed like, you know, not that long ago. And I was like one of the youngest guys in the locker room. Uh, but for me, you know, I'm, I, I embrace, you know, where I'm at right now. I embrace being 55 and, and, uh, and great health. Um, still doing what I'm doing. Um, I live life, man. Every day, I just ask God to give me enough time to finish my work. Hey, life is is uh, you know, we got a birthday and a death date. We know that. We all know it. It's what you do in between is what really, really matters. And and it may sound cliche, but I really believe in that. That's real. That's real stuff, man. And you know, it's great hearing it from you because you know every your your life story between you know outside of the ring, inside of the ring is so well documented. Whether it's, you know, like you said earlier in the interview, you went to jail, you came out, you were, you know, WCW champion, you were WWE champion, all these things that you've, you've accomplished in your life. And now you're hosting WWE backstage on Fox Sports and, you know, you, you kind of get to become that, like I said earlier in the interview, you kind of become that, like that Shannon Sharp before wrestling where, you know, you're funny, you get to talk your stuff, you know where you're coming from, you got the accolades to back it up. Dress and, well, very oh, dress, dress very well. And and both very well dressed black men on TV. <laughs> so I like to see that. I like to see that. Tell me about um WWE backstage working with CM Punk. I know that was a big deal when the uh the show first started. And uh what's that work relationship like? Because I know he talks you up every single time he gets a chance to him. This is even before the show. So uh what, what's that like working with Punk on the show? Uh, man, uh, Pumpkin and I, we, we, we gotta go way back, not way back or anything like that, but back in w, WWE, back in the, uh, when he first got started, he, before he became famous, you know, I had him at, <laughs> I had him at PWA, you know, and, uh, because I thought he was talent and, and, and I've, I've always had nothing but, you know, good things to say about CM Punk. But I've, I've been critical at the same time as well. Um, you know, like with his UFC stuff. I'm just, but, but, but I don't say anything that I can't say to someone's so face. Straight. You know what I mean? Exactly. You know what I mean? So, uh, everything with him and I has, has been on the up and up. It's been a, a cool working relationship. I like working with Christian. Christian and I, we, you know, <laughs> him and his humor, uh, <laughs> and, and working with me, uh, it just, it's, it's always been so much fun because we had, such a good working relationship in the ring for so many years. Um, and, and, and I gave Renee um, such big props because I probably wouldn't be on the show if it wasn't for Renee. No, I'm Love serious. Her, you know what I mean? She, uh, <laughs> yeah, a lot of people came in for the audition and, uh, she was like, man, you guys need to give book, give them a call, you know, and they gave, gave the old, old BT a call and boom, and he landed the spot, you know, so it's pretty cool. And, um, um, to have friends uh, that that is you know put a put a put a word in for you at the same time because like I say man uh, I'm I'm having fun um, doing what I'm doing uh, and and if and the thing is if it wasn't fun I I really wouldn't want to be doing it honestly um, mm. so so the thing with WWE backstage we just can't wait to everything get back on track uh, you know the fans get back in the arena you know we start doing the shows the way we we you know normally do them of course but of course we got to ride this pandemic thing out um, we don't want to jump the gun too early. Or, you know, kick that thing off uh, and have it spreading all over the place. Right now, we've lost you know over fifty thousand people. God rest each and every one of them. And, and that, that's a crazy time that we're living in right now. But yeah, uh, I love working on the show, man. It's it's just another stage in my life uh, um, as well, man. And uh, I'm gonna ride it as long 
as you know, as I can hang on, trust me. Absolutely, absolutely, man. Um, I'd be remiss to ask you this. I hate asking about it, but yeah. I, I got to just because it was yesterday. Yesterday was the 25th anniversary of, of Triple H's career, right? And as a fan, as many fans, even as somebody who, who's, who's had a cup of coffee working at the company and all this type of stuff, and people ask you, what's the one thing you could change in the history of WWE or WrestleMania or all this other stuff? I'm like, WrestleMania, I think it was either 18 or 19. 19. should have won the World Heavyweight Championship. Like, don't play the whole story even like, went together. To this day, I'm still like, how do you how do you end the story like that? Like, yeah, and I know yeah. you get asked it a, a, a ton of times. I've gotten asked a million times. Man, there's, there is... That's the one thing that, you know, if I could wave a magic wand and be like, yo, y'all got to go back and fix that, that would have been it. What are your thoughts on not just that WrestleMania main event, but Triple H's career as a whole? Because you, you guys worked together a lot since then. Man, that night, um, just to, you know, get it out there. You know, I never um, I never looked at wrestling. You know, just like I was just talking about earlier, uh, I never believed in the Easter Bunny. <laughs> <laughs> right, you knew uh, what it was. Santa. What it was. I, I always knew what it was, you know. And um, and with WWE, WCW, um, just let's just go back to WCW for a second. Okay, um, I never m- imagined a picture in my wildest dreams winning the World Heavyweight Championship. Okay, right. I never, I never. That's not a dream that I ever had. Okay. Um, but I never had a dream to win the TV title or the United States title or the Intercontinental Championship or the Tag Team Championships. I never had those dreams, okay? Only thing I had in my mind was being the best talent on the roster, being the guy that that could not be denied. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Um, I've never looked at wrestling matches, you know, even WrestleMania 19, um, like everybody else, I looked at WrestleMania 19. It was a huge win for me um, because I made it to the main event at WrestleMania. Uh, that's that what that's what I was thinking mm-hmm. uh, in my mind. I wasn't thinking about winning or losing because I never looked at professional wrestling at, like winning and losing. Right. The story, it was always about the story and the emotion that we could get out of people. Uh, um, first and foremost. Uh, if I would have went over that night, would it have been a great night for me and everybody else? And no one would have been talking about this, but they would have been talking about something. Right. You know? Right. It would have been great. But did I lose one ounce of sleep over it? Not at all. I got like the biggest check <laughs> that night. I'm serious. And, and if someone would have said, okay, book, we're going to pay you this amount if you win. And we're gonna pay you this amount if you lose. I'm taking the this amount if I win. <laughs> I don't care about this amount if I lose. Right. I'm gonna, but I'm gonna go out, and this loss is gonna be the best loss that you've ever seen in your life. Mm-hmm. And that night, me and Triple H, we went out and we worked our asses off. I burned it you down, know, man. We went out and we went, and you know, Ric Flair came out and they did the screw job and all of that, that, that whatnot. But and I didn't I still didn't lose, you know what I mean? I lost, but I didn't lose. Um but that night I worked my ass off. I said to, I always felt like in every loss that I ever had, 
a lot of people don't remember the other ones. They just remember that loss. Mm -hmm. But I always said my losses had to be better than my wins. I mean, that makes a lot of sense because, you know, the whole thing is you're you're the baby face. You're the guy everybody wants to see win. And like you mentioned it, a lot of times you don't remember the big wins. You remember the big losses because you were just such a beloved character, you know what I mean, throughout your entire run as an active competitor. Um, so, you know, office, talk about the office, a lot of people in the office though thought I should have won that night. Uh, one of the guys, <laughs> you know, one of the, one of the higher ups, you know, he's, you know, I was walking by him, you know, and he goes, Hey book, you know, and I, yeah, he, he's, he's one of my favorite people. He said, you should have won tonight. And I go, man, mm-hmm. thank I go. Thanks, man. Who was it? If you don't mind me asking. I don't want to say his name or anything because <laughs> he's, he's one of the behind the scenes guys and he's been there since day one. And he's mm-hmm. one of one of my closest people that I can always, you know, call a friend, you know, and he said, you should have won tonight, you know, but you know, but I, I never, I never th- thought about it. But I, I tell you, this one guy, Gary Capetta, you know, back in WCW, one night after right. a pay-per-view, I might have lost that night too. And um, Gary Capetta said, hey, book, one day you're going to be the world champ. But I go, man, you get out of here, you know. Well, before I ever won the world championship, but because that's not something that I performed for. I performed to be the best. I performed to be the best on the roster. I performed to – when I walked out, the crowd knew that they was going to give – a hell of a show. And when they left the arena, they was going to be going, man, I can't wait to see Booker T next time he come to town. So I didn't wrestle for the, the titles or anything like that. I, I've, I've won 35 championships over my illustrious career. And uh, I never thought about that, you know, um, throughout the time that I was doing it. I pretty much had a title around my waist my whole wrestling career. And, and for there beyond 35 and I'm st- I'm in my 30th year of wrestling, so well beyond my wrestling career, I've had more titles, uh, and it's all because. Of, and I tell the young guys, if you be, if you're the best on the roster, when when guys when, when guys that time came around every year, and they had to replenish and get get rid of guys and start firing guys, you know, so many guys had to get fired every year after you know right. the end of the year. I never worried about that. I never thought about it. Mm-hmm. It was not even something in my mind when, when somebody was getting fired because I felt like I was talent and talent. You're going to keep. Yeah. Facts. I mean, and, and it's, it's the proof's in the pudding, bro. Like you're still employed. Like You haven't been in a, in a, in a, in a, in a true like action or, or, or performance uh, position in a long time. And you're still one of the most trusted voices and trusted hands in the company. Um, and, and another question I want to ask, just kind of piggybacking off of WrestleMania 19, as a just speaking of, as a fan, you know, the fact that you didn't win that night kind of like it kind of like put the battery in, in our back for last year's WrestleMania when Kofi Kingston yeah. and Daniel Bryan, because like all everybody in, in the back of our heads were just like they can't do Kofi like they did book. They can't do Kofi like they did book. So you know, and you know, it's crazy now. It's almost like that main event or that world title match is even bigger in, 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 in hindsight because there was no real WrestleMania this year. You know what I'm saying? So like, that was like the last time we really got to see a new world champion announced in front of a crowd like that. And yeah, so yeah. we really no, went. It was, huge. it was huge. Even in Wale Mania, you know, I made sure I gave Kofi his props. Right. You know what I mean? It was, you know, I was, you know, you know, being honored that night, but I made sure that, 
you know, it was about Kofi Mania. You know, even at the um, Hall of Fame, you know, I made sure I called out, you know, um, Kofi Kingston to, you know, go out there and whoop Daniel Bryan's ass. You know, <laughs> you know, because I wanted people to remember that what uh, people, I, I mean, I wanted people to remember what happened with, with me. Of course, and I, I didn't want to be sitting in the back thinking, letting people think that I don't think, you know, about it. You know, but but I don't yeah. think about it. But it was a moment for me to think about it for Kofi Kingston, right? Not for myself, and for me to actually put props on him to actually go out and do it, and he actually did it. Hey, man, uh, big ups, man, big ups for Kofi because it changes his life, man. It changes the whole dynamic of everything for for Kofi Kingston. Whether people out there in the you know the real world understand that or not. But that changed the whole dynamic for Kofi Kingston winning the WWE Championship just one time. Um, it's like winning the Masters, man. Yep. Uh, they can never take it from you, man. They can never take it from you. And he's always going to be a threat no matter what. Like if he's in that position, even if he never wins another world title in his life, just him being in, being in world title matches is always going to be a, a moment. Like even the fact like this past year's Royal Rumble – just him and Brock Lesnar, like, going back and forth for those, like, five minutes was probably yeah. the loudest that the crowd was up until, like, Drew won it. So exactly. it's, like, just the fact that he was, he's in that conversation of former world champions and won at WrestleMania and had that big moment, you're, you're completely right. Changes his entire career forever. Yeah. Uh, last couple of questions I want to ask before you get out of here, man. Uh, I'm going to be a little selfish right now and, and, and harken back to my days writing at the company where uh, I, my first, my, literally, I don't even know if you noticed, know literally my first live um, uh, production was the, the New Day joining the Five Timers Club, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I got to go back there and, and I wrote it. It was the first thing, you know, I was, I was writing for a little bit, but, you know, a lot of times I would hand it off to one of the more like senior producers or all that type of stuff. But I was getting to write a lot of stuff. And then, you know, this is the first time they're like, all right, this is the first time you're going on there, you're going to Gorilla, you put on the headset, and, you know, you're doing this from the rooter to the tutor. And, like, you're working with the New Day and you're working with Booker T. And I'm sitting here like, really? <laughs> I tell you, man. Bro. That night, that night, I'm going to tell you that. I remember when we rehearsed that. I couldn't remember. We didn't get through a single rehearsal. I couldn't remember my lines. <laughs> We couldn't get through a single take. Like, I'm like, 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 bro, I get it. I get it. Trust me. I'll make sure it's right. And I, I can remember my line that day. I'll say, I was like, yo, book, I'm like, book, this is, I'm like, this is, this is, this is the button. You got to hit this one or else we ain't going to, we ain't going to know when to hit the music. And every time off. we rehearsed it, I'll either Big E made you crack, you <laughs> cracked. It was just hilarious. Yeah, it was. Hilarious. I can't I remember that, man. I couldn't remember my lines to save my life during the rehearsal. But, you know, live, I tell people all the time, man, I'm a red light guy. Right. I got to have I gotta have pressure, you know, to be able to go out and perform at that level, you know. But uh, I, I pulled it off once I got once I got. Oh, no, you killed it. As soon as the lights is on, we got to Toronto with the, the music hit. And you, you didn't come out as, as Booker T. You came out as King Book. And ever ever since, like everything after that was just was just money, oh, man, money. Yeah. Every, every joke hit, every every. Yeah. Oh, it was so much fun, and like I was, it was such an honor for me to be able to for that to be like my first real like 
production on the show and getting to work with you, getting to work with my guys and yeah. New Day, man. That's yeah, just, awesome, man. I was like, if I don't do nothing else in this company, I'm like, I gotta do that. That was so much fun. That was cool for them to bring me in to do that, man. It's always good to come back as King Booker. King Booker was one of my most fondest um, time, um, most fondest memories, you know, um, with my wife, you know, that whole entire time. You know, if it wasn't for, you know, Queen Charmel, it probably, I'm almost sure it wouldn't have never been a King Booker. Mm-hmm. You know, so uh, to actually uh, be able to pull that role off and, and have, man, we had so much fun doing that stupid stuff every week. It was like a night off every week, you know. Oh, yeah, it was so much fun, you know. So it was great times, man, great times doing that with our new day. Uh, Book, man, you are a, a legend. You are a, a supremely multi-talented individual, man. And anytime I get to talk to you, it really, truly is an honor, man. So thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, check out Booker T.O. Hall of Fame on ESPN 97.5, Houston, Texas. You can check him out every Tuesday night on Fox Sports at WWE Backstage. And you can check out Reality of Wrestling on YouTube. Check out his promotion. He's still he's still Jack. So whenever Vince gives him the call, hey man. you know, he's one, ready to go. One last, I wouldn't say run, maybe one more match. <laughs> one, more, one, more, one more spin and run. That's all we need, bro. One more, one more of these. And we good, man. Booker, thank you so much, my G. Be safe. Right, um, sure I'll see you soon. And uh, give the best to my to your family, man. You got it. Y'all stay safe out there. Yes, sir. You too. All right now. Yes, sir. All right, and that is a wrap on today's episode of Say Less. Thank you, thank you, thank you to our guest, the two-time Hall of Famer, Booker T. Uh, As always, please tell a friend. It's a fun show. I know you're enjoying it. I'm enjoying it because if you're not having fun listening, I'm not having fun doing it. Or is that reverse? I don't know. One of those things. Anyway, tell a friend, YouTube.com slash Kazim. Uh, subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Google, Podbean, Stitcher, wherever you listen to podcasts. This is the show to be on. It's the show to watch. And sooner than later, we are doing live interviews. That's right. So make sure you subscribe to youtube.com slash Kazim right now. Because if you like these guests, if you like these interviews, you like these talks, a lot of that is coming your way. So please, everybody, stay safe, stay clean. And say less.